And I don't knock anybody for having like the opposite side be the main side that they criticize or stuff like that. But I know how they operate. I know how the left operates. And this is why I'm always emphasizing the artistic stuff and uh, the culture, because I realize that is exactly how the left got me. That's how I grew up being a leftist. That's how I got sucked into that nonsense. It's because, you know, it was all I knew and it was embedded essentially in my culture. So you grow up that way. You're an anomaly when you deviate from that particular line of thinking. So I know that, you know what I mean? And that has allowed me just having that sort of information and coming from there has allowed me to know what works. Like people, it's funny and it tends to be people that came from different sides that are always like, well, you're too hard on on the left. And I'm like, bro, if you only knew what I knew. Directly from the launch pad. Bringing blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off with Johnny Rocket. Hey, it's Johnny Rocket here at Blast Off, and I'm here with my beautiful ray of truth, the beautiful. I said you were beautiful already, but whatever. It's a double beautiful day with the beautiful and gorgeous Rayleigh Lightheart. Thank you, thank you. I am feeling myself double beautiful. Thank you. Double beautiful. That was an accident. I like the du- the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Rayleigh. Lightheart. It's like. Beautiful. I'm like, keep complimenting it, me. I like, love it. It's like beautiful squared, right? Or cubed, actually. If I said it three times, it'd be cubed, right? That's what they told me in math. That, there you go. There you go. How are you doing, Raylene? What's shaking? I'm doing well. I kind of went into a tailspin today on the internet because I found myself in a rabbit hole researching toxic masculinity, which was cancer. And then I moved further into toxic femininity and and then it became political and racist. And I don't know if you realize this, but toxic femininity is enabling the alt-right. That's real. That's what I read today. I wouldn't doubt it. Wouldn't doubt it. I don't think it's real. I mean, that's what I really read. And, I know. <laughs> uh, and also, I, I want to tell you this. This is really exciting news. Yeah. Somebody messaged me today locally um, on Facebook and said, I heard you guys on the Jason Stapleton program. And he heard that I worked at Kitsap County Libertarian Party and he's from Kitsap County and is getting involved. So it's kind of exciting hearing that you're, you know, bringing people in to do something. You're making a difference, Raylene. You know what I'm saying? You're making a difference. Well, I mean, it's my dream. So there you go. See, now you have like, yeah, yeah, now there's like a point of contact and they know you because they recognize your voice on the Jason Stapleton show program. It's the Jason Stapleton program. Yeah. I was wondering if Jason actually put a lot of thought into that name. It'd be like John Adams show. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Anyway, so yeah, I I got a, uh, I got an email too. Um, Somebody said, I can't understand the show because every time you guys talk, every other word is bleeped out. So it's just a nothing but bleeps because you are trying to do the right thing. And apparently, and I, I, you know, whatever, I have a dirty mouth, but they don't know that you have the dirty mind. Yeah, they have no idea. They have no idea. Like if you sound. I am a product of toxic femininity. That's right. That's the problem. That's right. Yeah. So like we show up and so like everyone thinks I'm the badass, but really you are sick in the head one. See that you say shit that I make makes Johnny me- blush daily. You guys, I make him blush. Yeah, yes. she does. It's it's crazy. Okay, Raylene, are you ready for our guest? Oh my gosh, cannot wait. Okay, this guy is been on the show before. He he was actually on the show when I did the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. Are you ready for this guest? Because I've been waiting to have him back on. Eric July is a libertarian and anarcho-capitalist, formerly a Democrat. He previously voted for Barack Obama way back in the day in two thousand and eight. Shortly after becoming a libertarian during the 2012 election, he unfortunately announced his support for Gary Johnson. But I think he he regrets that now. The libertarian nominee, he voiced opposition on raising the minimum wage. He defends defunding Planned Parenthood, of course. He's doing awesome. His band, Backwards, and his first record, full-length record, Veracity, which sold 3,000 copies, Raylene, in the first week. I know. Right? Mm-hmm. Billboard, alternative new artist, number one on the charts. Heat Seeker number two. I mean, he is just kicking ass and taking names in the libertarian movement. He is a awesome writer, great musician, great rapper, and one of the most principled guys in the liberty movement. 
Okay, Reeling, prepare for liftoff. Copy that, Johnny. Covers tie-downs and grounding cables. Removed as required. Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green. Check. Cold beer. Double check. Thrusters are hot. Raylene, are you ready to rock? All systems go, Johnny. Let's blast off with Eric Zalai! intro was, y'all make me sound way more important than what I am. <laughs> way more important than what I am, but man, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Um, I'm sure we're going to be chatting about a lot. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed you guys having me um, on last time. I mean, you guys showed a lot of support. Yeah, man. Um, for, for the record, man, and I, and I highly appreciated that. A lot of people within the Libertarian movement really, really made that, uh, you know, got, they kind of rallied behind us and, and, and helped us with um, sort of getting it out there and letting people know that we existed. And I thoroughly appreciated that. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And you, you do such a good job. You're a great communicator. Mm-hmm. And you really bring these ideas of libertarianism. You know, you make it cool. And, and as we've been doing, you know, seriously, man, I mean, nobody wants to hear like, and today we're going to talk about economics. And, you know, that's don't get me wrong. I, I mean, there's a place for that. But to get to the people who actually matter, like the people who are listening to you know, people listen to music, man. People that watch movies. People like to be entertained. And you're combining both those things, which I think is very effective in how you're doing it. And mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I no one's doing it. There's not enough it's guys. Culture. Yeah, exactly. Not enough yep. people are doing what you're doing, Eric. I appreciate Is there a lot of people who are like trying to do what you're doing? Have they tried to contact you and said, hey, man, how do I do I mean, yeah, I think we kind of, we kind of let people know that it can be done. I think a lot of people... Most definitely before us from just the arts and the the um, entertainment level and, and trying to be a principal libertarian and utilize their art to sort of you as their sort of vehicle to spread this message. I think a lot of people had this idea before we did, but I think a lot of people shied away from it as well simply because they felt like they could not see any sort of success because, you know, maybe you pigeonhole yourself. When you kind of take that sort of stance, definitely in art, which is heavily dominated by um, leftism. So it's 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 difficult and I get it. And I think we show people that there is a market for it. There is. And um, if you if you just do it and you get the product, because the thing about what we made sure we focused on um, backwards, that is, was uh, that we had a good product at the end of the day. So it didn't matter whether, you know, you knew our stances or anything like that. It was still going to be able to be easily digestible um, for you because we all came from we all came from this realm. It wasn't like we just sort of, uh, you know, came together and backwards was our first project. Project, No, no, no. We all came from being sort of semi-successful, signed um, in, in metal, previous metalcore and post-hardcore bands. So we had all been there and done that. And we just, you know, happened to come together. We had a vision. We knew what we wanted to do and we just, you know, we, we made it happen. So I'm glad that we were able to see some success because we just wanted people to to realize that it can be done. And there has been people that reached out to me saying like, hey, um, you know, asking for advice. And I think the first step is always doing it, man. Now we showed you that it can be done. A lot of people mm-hmm. uh, believe that, oh, well, you can't do it. There's no way that you can do that. You're not going to see any sort of success um, uh, or anything like that. And we just show people you, you can just do it because um, there is a market for it. So uh, most definitely it's all, it was all about just putting together a good project first with the music and then sort of uh, having the message follow. I was just talking to Johnny about this and, and he actually quoted you on an interview or a quote about you. And he said he has this, uh, the Launchpad Media Media Group that he just started and it's it's going really well. And he's just like, I, I need the next Eric July on this media group. I mean, we love the way you're doing things, your short videos and um, in your music and, and, and just the attitude about changing the culture. That's that's exactly what we want to do and inspire the spirit of independence on all fronts. Right now, the music is your thing. And so is teaching people about economics and the spirit of self-ownership. But what are your pie in the sky goals for someday? What do you want to do with activism? What are your like dreams? Well, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I've been 
working very hard over the years to sort of get, I'm always hungry, right? I'm always looking, I'm a, I'm a student first and foremost. I say this in a lot of my speeches and how I'm, I'm a student, you know what I mean? And what I mean by that is that I'm always studying, I'm studying analytics and stuff like that, trying to figure out um, how I can take things to the next level and, and and do better. Like if you watch my videos from even a year ago, I mean, it's it progress. The, the progress is just just incredible in terms of quality of the video and stuff like that. So ideally speaking, what I would like to do is um, at some point in time, because, you know, I'm, I'm ahead. I'm also the head of multimedia for being libertarian and, um, you know, being libertarian dot com. We're doing a lot. Over there, people know us for being this sort of, you know, Facebook page and know us for doing a whole lot of different things. And my aspirations are, are taking that that multimedia side to the next to the next level, because you mentioned like what I do with my short videos and stuff like that. I would love to have a team of people that that do that, that I can help get out there, because you look at the CRTVs of the world, the blaze. Um, there's so many different little for example, conservative sure, yeah. uh, avenues that are out there that have right. that there's so much quality content being put put out there. Um, and I would like to be a part of something like that, but more so um, taking that to the next level, but having a libertarian message behind it where we can have multiple different figures that are hitting people. That's what I respect out of, you know, CRTV. You can say whatever you want to about the people with their views, but they're hitting you from all angles, bro. That's right. They got, yeah. you know, they, right. they, they got so many people that are down with them from, um, you know, uh, homie, but it's on Doug Dynasty to Steven Crowder to, you know, the guy that does the, the White House brief thing. Like, they have so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gavin, like, they yeah. have so many, uh, I believe Matt, didn't Matt Kibb with them or something yeah, like Matt that? Yeah, Matt Kibb out there, yeah. yeah. Like, they have so many figureheads that are hitting you from, and, and all of them, the people that we just named, all have like different styles. They have different things that they offer right? Um, in terms of how they do it. And I would love to have something like that or be a part of something like that. Um, not exactly like that necessarily, but just the idea of having different figureheads, um, but that are libertarian and are being yes. able to put out quality material. I, I would love to be a part of that. And that's sort of what we're building with the multimedia side. I think I got everything under wraps in terms of what I do uh, with the content. Now I'm trying to build other people up and, and help them as well. Uh, you know, try to, you know, build a name for themselves, but put out quality content that people can you know see online and be like oh i, I want to click this video i want to watch it and uh they get some sort of principal message i think we need some more um you know just just figureheads that are, are witty are you know quick on their toes uh, and are able to you know go to different avenues and different mediums go to other people's medium that's why I'm, i also pride myself in and trying to have that sort of availability to be able to go to other people's mediums um and i i don't mind doing that just to you know go talk about what it is that I do what it is, what my aspirations are, most importantly, what my positions, you know, are on, you know, whatever topic is sure. at hand. Yeah. So it's again, it's important. It's important. I would love to be a part of something, something like that and really helping other, you know, libertarians to gain that sort of uh, success, popularity, because it's about the message, um, you know, first and foremost, when we got to get that out there. I'm with you, man. And here's the thing that you brought up, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you were basically saying that we need to create content that's actually looks nice. Mm -hmm. It's visually appealing. And I think like a lot of people, you know, they think, oh, we're going to do a podcast. And I mean, you have a nice setup, but I mean, I'm just saying most people want to do Google Hangouts and put together, you know, and try to get this a video show or a podcast out there. And I don't know if that's necessarily the thing to do. I mean, like, look at Jason Stapleton's show. I mean, he's, his studio looks like Glenn Beck. Mm -hmm. I mean, it looks that good. Yeah. And I think if we need to sell that image, you know, if we want to, you know, we got to be more visually appealing aesthetically, you know. 100%. And I think there's a lot of uh, disconnect between libertarians and art. And I, I, I've noticed this because I don't know any, you know, there's very few and far between libertarian artists of any sort yeah you know you got you got you know economists and you got history guys you got guys in the law and you got activists and all this stuff going on but to really find a guy who's like yo dude i got a vision bro you know it's rare yeah you know what i mean like, yeah you know, nah, you're 100 right man i mean that is such a good point i mean that's what i pride myself and i think that's why i kind of took off as fast as i did 
um, in, in our community was that I just I was putting out material and I made it appealing. You know what I mean? Sure. And yeah. I think that's what we need. Right. That's exactly what we need. And uh, that exact point that you brought up, I've said this time and time again, like we got all we got people with the ideas behind. Them. We got all these people that, you know, we got the economists, we got the historians, we got all of these people that, you know, have podcasts, but we don't have enough people that are going to get out there because like myself, granted, yeah, I went to college and did all that, but I don't present myself as this like academic, you know what I mean? Right. And um, not only just that, I make sure that, you know, I, I appeal to certain, you know, different avenues, different cultures and stuff like that. that otherwise, I've not even heard, um, you know, sort of the libertarian message. And if they have heard it, it's, it's some straw man version of it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is, you know, the funny thing about about what it is that I do, because I do have that had that small sector of um, I, I, I don't want to get it twisted. Most people that have been part of the libertarian community have, have backed me, supported me and stuff like that. It's that small sector of people. And it just seems to be the same sector of uh, individuals that dislike me. But they they have, you know, it's the same kind of cornball dudes that have no way that they're, they're appealing to the same circle of individuals. Right. right. That are usually they're already libertarians or if, you know, if that's questionable that they're already. But it's a bunch of people that already agree with them. They're not appealing to anybody outside of really their, their circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's so ironic because those guys tend to hate what it is that I do. I think it's more of a matter of just being sour. At the fact that I was able to appeal to individuals that, you know, because I'm in a circle of like with me doing music, specifically the metalcore and the hardcore stuff. I mean, that genre, I was dominated by leftists. And that was my first first audience. You know yeah, what I mean? That was yeah. my first first big audience. And, you know, so many people would come up to me and say, hey, I'd never heard about this this subject matter or which we got at shows and Alex, you know, the other vocalists of backwards will attest to this as well. With people coming to do our shows, one and even learn, you know, you, you get, we do these shows. Let me sell our shows too. At, uh, you know, on these tours that we'd be on and we get these individuals that would come up to us and it seemed like every other band that was on the ticket, you know, they had the people come, Hey, good job. Love you. Want to take pictures. And we get that as well. But we got a lot of people saying, Hey, I heard you talk about this. Would, would you mind expanding on it? You know, yeah, yeah. genuinely wanting to know more about wow. our philosophy. And that is exactly why I do this. I cannot say this enough. Like that is exactly when I hear that sort of sort of stuff and people in my inbox all the time. I, if I could just go through my inbox and put that stuff out there. Uh, but people asking me, like saying they heard of, they heard of my music, uh, telling me that I was some way, somewhat of a uh, influence. And in terms of getting them to fort think about libertarianism, liberty and self-ownership like this, that's why I do it, man. You know what I mean? Like I do it for those those people because I, I know that they are in that sort of box. Otherwise, they would never hear that. They would never hear about right. libertarianism because it's dominated by, you know, leftists for the most part. So it's that's important to me. And that's why I do it, what it is that I do. And we certainly need more libertarians that can have that sort of appeal. Because again, there's the people that are in these echo chambers, man, of of, of just leftism. They'd have oh, even yeah. heard the alternative line of thinking, and it's important that we get out there and try to, you know, show them that it is an alternative to, you know, the mainstream left or the mainstream right. And uh, yeah, there's just an alternative one that works, one that's um uh, is, is peaceful, one that is of non-aggression, and one that better[s] the living standards of everybody that adopts it. Wow. Hey, I'm already a libertarian. I'm sold. <laughs> I know. I, I, I was going to say, he's on social media and you rock Twitter, which we'll, we'll probably get to talk about all your Twitter, which I'm a big, a big ogler. I love it. Um, I think you, you wreck it. You do a great job. Do you think that conversely that the social justice movement has been enabled by social media? And do you think we can combat the lack of reason versus feelings and envy? economics yeah yeah yeah. i mean it's been ampl amplified amplified social media mm -hmm. i mean with uh uh you know the social justice movement essentially with social media has been amplified and the thing about the so social media in general uh and again this is another thing that i'm always bringing up is like this double-edged sword it was a yeah. positive thing for us yeah as libertarians because it allowed us to link up with people that we otherwise would have never known existed um, with social media. I mean, social media has allowed us to connect with fellow libertarians and the people that, you know, again, we just wouldn't know 
exists. It makes us feel as if we're not alone. But on the other tip, I think from a communication standpoint, it is completely wrecked um, us, you know, as in by us. I mean, just as a society, as a whole, which people, um, it's a lot of false information because information, the positive thing, again, mainstream media has become so obsolete these days because you have independent journalists who can now, who can now are given platforms thanks to social media and information can spread just like that. It's quick, but a lot of false information can get spread like yeah, that and yep. it's easy when you have these. And this is what where libertarians lack. And um, and I don't think they actually even realize a lot of people have the, the, the kind of heads in the sand and they think they're a lot more influential than what they are. You couple the fact that the left has the entertainers on their side, the, um, you know, the artists, the people that your kids look up to. Um, they have them on their side. They are given a platform and they're able to spread this, uh, you know, information. So they, that platform alone with music. But the fact that they have this major platform and they could essentially tell all of their followers their supporters something and their views just like that. It doesn't take t- take much. It's a two year way. Yeah. And they could have a bunch of people believe in a bunch of garbage. Um, and, you know, it's, that's hard to combat. So to answer your question, really, and it's like it's it's that's why we need more figures like, you know, I'm not trying to gas myself up. I'm saying like I'm no, out in the it. trenches like, yeah. you know, front line going back and forth with these uh, personalities or like on Twitter and stuff like that. But I'm the only one. Like only one as in that has that has like that sort of following. Right. And yeah. that's willing to do it. First and foremost, be unapologetic with it, that's willing to do it. But just even yes. just to have that sort of platform and to be like, we need more of those. Like, so I'm not alone. And we have that sort of representation of just people that are unapologetic, people that are principled first and foremost, but can get out there and, and really combat combat that because that's what it's going to take it's going to take uh you know it's a culture war more than anything and it's going to take us having these figureheads and this is why I'm, why you have those aspirations as i mentioned earlier and i'm trying to build other people up to that sort of stature so they can get out there again fight front line with me because that's what war's gonna war gonna be won because like you mentioned with social media information spreads uh, so fast and it did amplify the social justice it's going to keep amplifying the social justice movement and they're going to be able to because they have all of these figureheads right they have all these popular figureheads and so exactly. many different yeah. lines of art and that's hard to combat and the only way to really combat is to have figureheads of your own that can get up and, and are smart enough to say that is a bunch of garbage and I, I can prove it to you uh, how it's a bunch of garbage and I'm not going to apologize just because you got offended or something like that we need more of that well like you brought up a good point you were talking about like you know, you have a role, you know, like you're doing, you know, you're doing hip hop, right? So you have to kind of mm-hmm. maintain a, an image for that, right? So like Absolutely. I did rockabilly and you did hip hop. And so like, I still got like, you know, I'm Johnny Rocket. I drink beer and smoke cigarettes, you know, that's my image, Yo. but we're hitting it from a different angle. You know, like that's the thing that I think we have to find where we start and, you know, find out what we're good at. And then from there, we build from there, you know, and I think that's how we do it. And my, I guess my ultimate question is you're coming from the left and I think you kind of answered this, but maybe there's some more you can, you know, give us in details, but like coming from the left, mm-hmm. how has that actually spread liberty in your realm? Like what do you, you know, the enemy, that's the thing I came from the right. Yeah, that was just, that was exactly what I was about to say. That was a perfect point. Um, and that, and this is why people, I think people get upset because I'm, I'm pretty open about the fact that. I have a bias, right? Like, um, <laughs> I stick to what I know. Like, I criticize. It's not to say that I don't criticize the quote unquote right. I do. Um, it's often for them doing some leftist type of stuff. Uh, but I more so emphasize the left because that's where I came from. And uh, that's what dominates the culture that I'm involved in. That's what dominates what all the different cultures I'm involved in. Black culture, hip hop culture, uh, metal culture, hardcore and punk culture, like all that stuff that, I, that I'm involved in video games, it's just uh, comics. It's all dominated by by leftists, all, all of my interests. So, of course, that's going to be my my emphasis. And I don't knock anybody for having like the opposite side be the main side that they criticize or stuff like that. But I know how they operate. I know how the left operates. And this is why I'm always emphasizing the artistic stuff and uh, the culture because I realized that is exactly how the left got me. That's how I grew up being a leftist. That's how I got sucked into that nonsense is because, you know, it was all I knew and it was embedded essentially in my culture. So you grow up that way. You're an anomaly. You, when you deviate from 
that particular line of thinking. So I know that, you know what I mean? And that has allowed me just having that sort of information and coming from there has allowed me to know what works. Like people, it's funny and it tends to be people that came from different sides that are always like, well, you're too hard on on the left. And I'm like, bro, if you only knew what I knew about people that (laughs) <laughs> that that you know come from that side, you wouldn't be saying none of that none of that garbage. You can't you can't serve these people soft. They ain't gonna listen like that. That's just not how they operate. You know what I mean? And and I get that there's gonna be people that are maybe turned off, you know, from my message because I'm so like in your face with it. Like I'm like I'm I'm confrontational. Like I'm I'm straight up. Like I let's do it. Like we can debate. We can have a discussion. I'm a, and when I you know here's some nonsense. I'm going to call it out. But this is why I'm I'm always telling people like these idiot. <laughs> like l- leftists that call themselves libertarians who are think they have it all figured out, right? They tend to always think they have it figured out. They think they're such marketing geniuses that they're always having these problems. And well, I, I can't market the the message because of people like Eric July. I'm yeah. like, well, I don't have that problem. I don't relate. Like, you know, I'm having no problem <laughs> uh, me- getting my message out there, even though you guys are parading and pretending to be, uh, you know, because that nobody has a monopoly on this message. And this is what the probably been the hardest, the most difficult thing that I'm trying to get across to libertarians in terms of marketing. There's no one way to do this there's no one avenue there's no one approach like human beings aren't robots man like they have different things about them and certain people are more uh receptive and they receive the message in different ways and it's the way i package it where where it's in your face that comes from me being like a hip-hop dude that's how you gotta do it you can't come and salt that's uh you know and whack like you can't do that and people are gonna be like get this garbage out of my face this oh come on and cut you and stuff like that doesn't work bro that does not that right. does not work for those types of people and maybe there are individuals where that works you go market it to them but that's not who i'm trying to get my message out there to those you know what i mean so and how i package it that for one that's who i am but you know i came from that side and i understand that those people that's how they hear it that's how they um you know understand that message you know what i mean because uh that's the way it was packaged the, the leftism was packaged for him so i understand that and i'm trying to get these other fools to understand <laughs> yeah. like there's nobody has <laughs> sort of market bro like uh no, no, excuse me monopoly on on the way libertarianism has to be marketed like nobody has a monopoly on like i don't people boost me up way more than what i feel like they should when they like are blaming the the um people like myself on the the reason why I guess liberty isn't growing the way that they think it think it should. I'm like, bro, I don't have those problems. So I, I can't really I can't really relate late to that, you know, because I have my target audience. That's who I target. And there's because I understand marketing, like they can't stop that. Like those people, the like I, I my thing is, and I always say this, I end on this note, like I always say this, like if your message is so dependent on what somebody else is doing, then your marketing is trash and you probably need to get out the way and let people that know what they're doing. Let people let the people that know what they're doing uh, get this message out there because clearly you don't because yours is dependent on what the hell somebody, some other marketer is doing. That's not how, it doesn't work like that in any other market, in any other human affair where like people are like, well, it's uh, it's dependent on what what the people that are doing the same thing as me. It's dependent on what they're, or a similar thing. Right. It's a dependent on what they're, like it doesn't work like that. If you're, if you're, if you can market you can mark it and you have to make those adjustments you may have to make those adjustments because what somebody else is doing but to act like your entire uh, effectiveness is dependent on that that's just telling me that you don't know what you're doing I'm, I'm with you man i'm with you the principles of that message are so um hard for the soft soap sellers so not only is it the marketing thing that you're talking about but we, we i always say only diamonds can cut diamonds um steel sharpens steel and and so what you're doing is you are putting them through the paces just with your messaging. And if they can handle that, you're creating warriors for this cause. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's what we need because the soft soap sellers, they can talk people into flirting with Liberty, but those people, when it gets tough, cut and run. We that need- is so, that's probably one of the better points that I've ever heard. Like, no, like, and I'm, I'm not even joking. Like, cause I, and I've never even thought about it like that, but you're, you're completely Right. When you say that these individuals like will the people that like kind of uh, soft serve way of uh, sort of milk toast. If we're, if we're yeah. tricking milk them toast, into yeah. the, to adopting the word libertarian, then where are they going to go when the 
goes down and it gets real. That's all I have to say. Good point. Nah, and it's true. I mean, it's, it's such a great point because we see that in action. Like these people that are flirt with libertarianism and because you know, people, and I'm sure we'll talk about this here in a minute. This is my gripe with a lot of people that are with, that, that uh, are in the Libertarian Party because they're so set on trying to get members, right? It's trying to get trying to get uh, head counts, right? Yeah, they'll sacrifice uh, their it, principles. It, it, yeah, bingo. They'll sacrifice their principles for the sake of getting getting a head count. And I'm like, these people, when it's all said and done, these people are, uh, are not. And that's why you get people that will leave and stuff like that, because like they never really were libertarians in the first place. They never understood it uh, because, again, you, you gave it to them this sort of soft ass, you know, way. Uh, uh, and they don't really understand the actual principles because it's not a pretty thing. Like it's like it's easy. It's easy. It should be easy to under understand but with that comes things that you might not like and people will have maybe ideas i think this is the the thing about libertarianism that a lot of people dislike on the outside because it is a you know so as long as for example if you're not using aggression you can uh, you can have some ideas that maybe aren't favored by certain individuals but that's what libertarianism is about like that's what is that's what freedom actually is but you get these people who try to make it into this like milk toast sort of kumbaya uh everybody accepts everybody and it's like bro, like libertarianism is not a utopia eric and that's no, the it's thing not, it's not even close and i it's know not, we need I to know. stop packaging it we I, need to stop packaging i agree uh packaging it like that because it's not that's literally not what it is like that's certainly not it's not utopianism it's not that's right kumbaya, everybody get along it's not it's not what it is it's about property rights and non-aggression that's right um that's what it's about yeah not thought crimes yeah yeah, yeah it's not, exactly it's not about, about exactly thought crimes, not be, it's not about being protected from being offended that's not what it's about like it's about private property rights self-ownership non-aggression is what libertarianism you know is about but for whatever reason people think that selling it the, the milk toast way of selling it and not that and by that i'm meaning like going away from the principle then yeah you're going to get people that that may adopt it and that's the funny thing is that they're trying to do this to appeal but they don't understand what it is that they're doing because they're like all right if i if i sort of I'm a little principled with it, but I'm I'm unprincipled with it at the same time because I'm I'm, I'm kind of scared. But that's the way I'm gonna gonna package it. Yeah, like you said, like there's gonna be people that when it really comes down to it, they'll just go, you know, that's right. Mainstream Republicanism, mainstream, uh, uh, you know, Democrat. It, when it's all mainstream leftism, mainstream right, that this is what's gonna happen. And um, again, that's why it's key that we stick to our principles no matter how we package it in that sense it's a you gotta at least stick to the principle because once people get over it they're gonna be like what the hell once they figure out well maybe libertarianism isn't about isn't what this guy's been trying to sell me on it's about something else so ultimately once they that's gonna make it sort of unattractive for them because they're gonna feel like they're swindled and honestly that's what these people are doing is swindling these individuals by remaining unprincipled and uh kind of this milk toast way of uh marketing sort of the message eric i have a confession to make before our commercial break Go ahead. i'm fiscally conservative and socially liberal <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's the worst I'm, so, I'm just kidding oh. it was a stunning rocket here at blast off we're talking to eric july and i'm here with my ray of truth the beautiful Rayleigh lightheart thanks guys okay anyways so check us out if you like the show check us out at patreon.com forward slash blast off podcast and you can check us also out at blastoffshow.com. Anyway, so we're going to come right back. We have Rocket Fire for Mr. July. Anyway, so stay tuned. We got some more coming up, so you don't want to miss this. Rock and roll. It's time to shake up your podcast feed, folks, by subscribing to Lions of Liberty, the only libertarian variety show out there. Spend Mondays with me, Mark Clare, as I feature in-depth interviews with great names in the libertarian community and fun roundtable discussions. Electric Liberty Land with me, Brian McWilliams, every Wednesday, your weekly dose of comedy, culture, and liberty. And Felony Fridays with me, John Odermatt, where I expose injustice in the broken criminal justice system. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at lionsofliberty.com. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton, and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com, or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow podcast. 
striking the root every single episode. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com. Blast off, and I'm here with my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Ray of Truth, the beautiful. That's that's a quadruple now. Uh, Ray of Truth, Miss Rayleigh Lightheart. Best day ever. Thank you, Johnny. Anyway, so uh, Rayleigh, I just said beautiful just a couple more times this second time around. But we are talking to my man, Mr. Eric July, and uh, he. This has been a great show. I mean, he is awesome, and we have Rocket Fire rocket coming fire, up. Fire. And by the way, please check him out at beinglibertarian.com. And BackwardsMusic.com. That's Backwards with a Z instead of an S. Music.com. Okay, so Eric, what we do here on the second segment, it's called Rocket Fire. Rocket fire. What we do on Rocket Fire, sir, is I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically related or philosophically related. And if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be badass. Eric, are you ready to play Rocket Fire? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Question one. What was wrong with the Civil Rights Act? And what do people get wrong? Try to essentially overturn the um, the bad laws, essentially, that existed in America. And that's a good, that's a noble cause. But however, in doing that, where you had things like the affirm- like affirmative action and the fact that you couldn't open a business, uh, you know, public accommodations. And this also happened at a lot of state level uh, versions of civil rights in which you couldn't have businesses open to the public. And uh, if you had that business open to the public, you couldn't you know, essentially telling you, forcing you to sell it to certain type of uh, people, even if you hated their stinking gut. So, yeah, bake a cake. If the Nazi came in and you didn't want to, uh, you, had, you, wanted, you had to, you know, essentially bake the cake for that Nazi. Uh, so that's where a lot of people get wrong. It's a violation of private property rights. Now, ideally, what should have happened is that all the laws, whether it be the Plessy versus Ferguson's and the bad precedent at the Supreme Court uh, set like across the board is just simply eliminated the laws that existed because of people a lot of people don't understand that there were laws that existed specifically in the South that forced people to segregate and that's different from uh, some people with their own private property saying they won't sell to somebody people act like that was the only thing that existed simply not true there's a lot of laws that existed and which said that like the Louisiana Boxcar Act for example saying that you, you were forced to stay with sort of forcing you even if you didn't want to and that Louisiana Boxcar company uh, that went to the where the, the places versus Ferguson uh, took place they did not want to um uh they it was from an economic standpoint they had to purchase more box cars so economically they opposed the law it had nothing to do with race but economically they opposed it because they had to buy more box cars they had to separate the whites from the black so ideally they just should have eliminated the laws that existed as opposed to this crap that we're dealing with even to this day where people are being forced to serve people that they don't want to with their own private property right on that question two do you think religion and politics influence each other why or why not I absolutely um, do. Uh, and unfortunately, people don't understand. And I deal with this and I'm a Christian. I deal with this with a lot of uh, Christians specifically, maybe on the right in which they maybe want to utilize. People have kind of moved away from that recently, but definitely in the past wanted to use, utilize politics to spread their um, sort of religion to man. I don't want to say mandated, but, you know, something of that nature and that's a problem and uh, it's about people need to understand that obviously definitely liberty isn't antithetical to religion or anything like that it's just and this is what what's so weird to me from a christian standpoint is that obviously god gives us you know for the free will and that exists that's a thing that exists so why people want to force people to adopt it is uh, a little weird but it's certainly dangerous and we see how how that has led um to a lot of destruction um and a lot of deaths over the years and people essentially want to use politics to sort of mandate their religion and that's just not the way to do it right on man do you think nick sarwark would sign a petition to prove he is against socialism or communism and would nick's refusal to come out against socialists be considered hypocritical after he went after tom woods Absolutely. Um, and I don't think that he would do it. Um, I, ho- I would hope that he would prove me wrong if that if that uh, is. But, yeah, that would most definitely make 
make him a hypocrite, right? Because you know, that's what he bragged on um, Tom Woods uh, for. He didn't sign my, my stupid uh, whatever. I'm not a Nazi thing. petition. Yeah, yeah, you didn't sign like a year. So by saying that, you, you know your base. It's like, get the hell out of here, man. Tom Woods has thousands of episodes opposing this garbage that you're talking about. You don't got to sign no, no stupid uh, uh, deal. But uh, yeah, he would be a hypocrite. Long story short, he absolutely would be be a hypocrite and I know he knows what he's doing he's uh he's smart in that aspect he knows that he has people that are calling themselves libertarian socialists that are part of the party that are gonna uh that know that he's friendly with them buddying up and he just doesn't want to come out again but he's a snake and this is why I call that dude and this is why I've said I know a lot of people are mad at me like hey why don't you join a party it's like so as long as that guy's heading a party I refuse I refuse to feel like uh you know I'm part of some sort of organization in which that snake is the head Right on, man. Question four. What do you think of social contract and what do you think it's done to the country? Well, it's a garbage concept um, and it doesn't exist. There's no such thing. Um, but people have used this sort of social contract theory to justify taxation, to justify a lot of immoral things because it's like, oh, well, you have a duty essentially to the community, to the society to contribute in this way. And so it's a garbage theory in that sense, because it's assuming that well, the way it's applied, it's assuming that we as individuals sort of uh, are obligated. We come out the womb obligated to pay taxes and to contribute to society in forms and ways that we don't want to. And it's certainly nonsensical. And this is what's so and it's such an easy uh you know, argument to to debunk or, or look kind of lap circles around from an intellectual standpoint. It's the fact that people that are still using it is is mind boggling to me. But it's a nonsensical theory. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as these say like social contract. But certainly that social contract has been used to justify things such as taxation and other immoral things that are sort of. Uh, a, the state is being a vehicle to uh, use, you know what I mean, when it comes right, to right. actually implementing these policies. Right on, man. Question five. What do you think of the recent social media purge? And should we as libertarians be worried? Should be worried. Um, uh, now, granted, I know it's a sort of a flimsy sort of thing. It's like, or more so a gray area because... A lot of these people are like, I get the argument that people are making, like some of these major sort of uh, social media platforms are in bed with the government. So because they're in bed with the government, it's not right. And they're using taxpayer dollars and stuff like that. It's not right for them to have these purges. I still are. I'm on the end that I think that, you know, this is their their uh, property. So if they want to do with whatever it is that they want to do with it, it's fine. But what this is doing is creating an incentive for individuals to come up with certain social media alternatives. And I think this is obviously the time to do it because because people are getting purged and libertarians absolutely should be worried. They should be worried. I mean, because, I mean, we're not the <laughs> certainly popular line of thinking. I mean, we're sort of the people that they're trying to suppress That's in right. the same respects. It's not just the people on the quote unquote right. And by right, I mean, like they think of conservatism. They don't think of us as as uh, being on that line. But in the same respects, they know that they want to suppress us and they're going to continue to do that. So you should be worried. But it's also an incentive for libertarians and other people to um, come up with alternatives. All right, man. Question six. Why is the left actually one of the most racist and bigoted parties? <laughs> what is their appeal to the black population? Man, I mean, they are the most. Uh, I've said this multiple times and all the nasty and derogatory names that I've been called on social media that pertain to my race have been more so from the left as opposed to these Klansmen or Nazis or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, a liber- I'm, from the left. I'm a libertarian. I'm a Nazi. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, you know, you deviate from the left and definitely when you're a black person, man, Jesus Christ, they will call you all <laughs> sorts of negative names to paternity. They'll call you N-words, house coon all kinds of just uh ridiculous names they call you some negatives i've been called some nasty stuff but you know i'm, I'm a thick skin kind of guy i let that stuff roll off it's whatever um but yeah that in, in that they're racist but more so from a policy standpoint when you think about whether it be the war on drugs welfareism and things that have ruined black communities historically speaking right um where are these taking place like these aren't taking place in these conservative sort of uh, Republican ran area. I mean, black people are the only ethnic minority that vote that vote, excuse me, 90 percent for one party. So obviously, wherever you see 
majority black people in a community, whether it be district or city, is going to be ran top to bottom by Democrats. So where they get these gripes, so this is why I don't understand where they get these gripes of poverty and these gripes of uh, of, of uh, police brutality and you know drug infestation in these communities. Like, what the hell? These are Democrats that are running these top to bottom, but they sort of had this political monopoly, man, and so some magical thing because I don't understand how for this long they've been able to yell squirrel and and point to the guys <laughs> on the opposite end. Yeah. Even though for decades at a time they have been the ones that have ran these black communities into the ground. Okay, man. Here's a good one here. Question seven. I have never heard an Asian person complain about white privilege. Why is that? <laughs> well, that's that's because economically speaking, they tend to do better. <laughs> that's right. Um, You're right. Uh, you know, than than white people and. I will say this. I mean, Malcolm X mentioned this. He more so would like, you know, white immigrants. But I think it, it's it pertains to Asians as well. They come by with these. They come here with these nickels and uh, and dimes next to nothing. And uh, uh, they come over here and they have their own like, you know, you go to they got Koreatown, Chinatowns, uh, predominantly Japanese makeups. And they come up with their own sort of resources, own stores. And they, they open these out to the public and people love them. They give them money. They and they take care of their own in that in that way. So with that being said, of course, you know, they're good to they're good to go. And they don't worry about like trying to. The problem is that you get like, uh, for example, black folks are so fixated on trying to fix the white man and trying to get them to accept us. And then like trying to get them uh, get us in their human affairs and stuff like that. Haitian people don't worry about that stuff. Man. They're like, man, I'm coming over. I'm going to set up shop. Yeah, I got stuff to do, bro. And it's funny. And they're also one of the few races that aren't that aren't that they aren't scared to set up shop in these towns. Them, them and Arabs, for the most part. You go like these hoods where you know a lot of these black folks are. Man, these uh, they'll set up nail shops. They'll set up all kinds of stuff in, in these black. Like I go Winwood Village in Oak Cliff right now. All sorts of Asian operated, uh, you know, stores out there. They'll set up shop wherever the money's at. They won't live over there, but they'll set up shop <laughs> wherever the money's at. They ain't scared of nobody, and they ain't trying to hear that stuff. So, and I commend them for that because that's how you get stuff done. You you create your own. You don't worry about trying to be accepted by the people that don't want to accept you. Right on, man. Question eight: When did musicians become a bunch of whining? jackbooted do-gooders and rock and roll's about rebellion and not obedience eric mm, man <laughs> dude I, it's sort of it's sort of hard man to pinpoint where this happened because a lot of our i think the bands that we grew up on uh no matter even what generation because i'm a younger cat but you know older people can relate to this as well because these older punk rock bands and they just, you know, total lot. Definitely once burn. I think Bernie. That's the one thing I can point to as a positive thing because he exposed a lot of these people. Because um, at the end of the day, these guys were making all these songs, all these punk rockers making all of these songs about, uh, you know, the man and the establishment. And then the big, most big government progressive comes along, promising them, promising them the world, but using government power to to implement these sort of whimsical sort of ideal. They went and supported them. That's what I dealt with in my community and from the Metacore side, a lot of Bernie supporters and stuff like that. So I, I can't, it's hard to say when, but it just goes to show that they were not ne- necessarily against power. They were just in power when the person had an R next to their name. They were against it then. <laughs> All right. Question nine. What are some of the economic lessons that have changed how you view the world and have influenced you? Mm, man, I think just growing up and not having a lot humbled me, man. And I think that me being having a, a tight knit family um, on my mom's side really put things in a perspective. My my grandmother, you know, raised seven kids essentially on her own because my grandfather had passed. Um, uh, well, my mother was four. And so she was raising all of these kids. A lot of them went to college. A lot of them did their own thing. And most of them, pretty much all seven of those children are doing something successful. They have families of their own and stuff like that. And my mother had a struggle as well with my father not being around, having to work multiple jobs. So it's like, what excuse do I have? Like, am I going to say that I have it worse off than my mother who grew up six, uh, who uh, was the last of her of her siblings? You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, to, yeah. to, to go to a a non-segregated uh, uh, or the first, excuse me, of her siblings to go to like high school 
essentially and and not be segregated and i have to experience that all her siblings had to experience uh that and then my you know grandmother obviously with jim crow and all those laws uh before before then like am i going what am i really gonna sit here and gripe about like i have it way better off so that humbled me that certainly humbled me and having that struggle absolutely humbled me and it made me hungry man and i'm like i'm a hard worker because i saw people struggle and so i could even though i experienced the struggle in, in it in myself i don't have a lot of excuses because I'm always looking like, well, there's people that absolutely had it worse off than I did uh, who are older. So what am I really going to gripe about? Right on, man. Question 10. What is better, decriminalization or legalization and why? Uh, most definitely decriminalization. Uh, legalization is, uh, I wrote an article, I believe, I can't remember what platform I put it on. It might have been the Libertarian uh, uh, the uh, Republic or something like that, that I published on there and I said, uh, we need to start talking about abolition of laws, not legalization, because with legalization, that implies that the state still has some sort of control. That's right. And they also have. Um, so they're going to regulate it. They're going to heavily regulate it. And and it's hard to move away from that. So the time once they once people are realizing that it's it's wrong. These laws are wrong. That's when you start talking about abolition, because it's harder to go from from that straight to abolition and getting rid of it as opposed to legal that the legalization we're going to spend another decades on that thence talking about the problems with that um instead of turning it to this bureaucratic mess which is what we see in so many different industries and that's what we're going to see and um the marijuana industry as people start to you know uh regulate it uh so to speak so we need to start talking about abolition of laws decriminalization of them not necessarily just legalization because that implies the state still has the the power or the right to regulate. All right, really quick, we have a bonus question, Eric. I know I lied because we're only supposed to do 10. All right, bonus question. What does your family and friends who may not be political or share your ideology feel about what you're doing? I think that, and it's funny, I think you, I can sense it certain ones, certain, certain ones are completely on board, but certain ones aren't, but they don't challenge me. And I, I would say that my family has done a great job and which we don't really talk definitely on my mother's side. We don't talk my father's side. We'll talk about it a little bit. And ironically, they tend to agree with me more than not, uh, more than not, but Also on my mother's side, we don't really talk politics and stuff like that, but they know where I'm at with it. And it's funny, even though I know that they're um, uh, like on different ends, uh, my cousin, Adrian, big shout out to her, one of my closest first cousins. She got me, she knew what to get me for. uh, She got me this awesome shirt. A lot of people see me wear that says like has these three check boxes that says Democrat, Republican. And the last check box that has the check in it says freedom. So she knows where they know where I'm at with it. It's not a secret. Everybody knows where I'm at. I mean, they can't get enough of me on their timeline all day long talking talking uh liberty but uh they know where i'm at they certainly know where i'm at but i haven't got any like immediate backlash i would say more so from people that i grew up with that aren't family absolutely they got a lot to say with it but my my family they've been they've been pretty uh pretty decent with it and i don't get challenged or anything like that for the most part right on that's rocket fire give it up for Eric july Good job, man. Anyway, so this is Johnny Rocket here at Blastoff. If you like what you're hearing and you like Eric, check out beanlibertarian.com and check out his band backwardsmusic.com. And it's backwards with a Z, music.com. Anyway, so this is Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with the beautiful Ray of Truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Thanks, guys. Anyway, so we're talking to Eric July. We have a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Rock and roll. Ground control to Johnny Rocket. Ground control to Johnny Rocket. Well, here we are on Blast Off episode 12, the meeting of the tokens. Fascinating dynamic we have going on this one. On the one hand, you have the token rockabilly libertarian, and on the other hand, it's the token libertarian rapper. They're both simultaneously the best and worst at what they do, you know, considering they have no competition and all. But I guess to be fair, libertarians are still such a minority in 2018 that there's in fact a little token in all of us. And if that doesn't bring a tear to your eye, then here's a song from Backwards, the token ANCAP libertarian metal hip-hop group. This song is titled Set Us Free. Man, wouldn't that be nice? Well, anyways, it's off their first record. If you'd like to buy it, just go ahead and Google it. Oh, sometimes it's difficult. Yeah, oh, 
put yourself out there for the criticism. But it is what it is. Baby, July Yo. and Alex are on it. Struggle comes with the lesson. I can't be the only one questioning my heart and Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash blastoff podcast. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we actually have an after party with Eric July. So if you guys are enjoying this conversation that we have with Eric, please check that out because Eric is just a badass. Yep. And it's great to have him here. And uh, Raylene, thank you so much for getting both of us sandwiches when we were doing Rocket Fire. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, that's you where, know how I that's feel where a woman that's where a woman should equality. that's where a woman should Speaking be. Speaking of <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> oh dude. All right. So Eric, as a woman, I'm often called a marginalized class. <laughs> um, in my opinion, the biggest thing holding women back is the self-confidence, uh, lack of self-ownership and accountability. Not caring what haters say and forging ahead with our goals is the only way to be equal. Now, as a man, what are your opinions on modern feminism and the advice you'd give your wife or daughters? Oh, man. Like, thing is, like, well, you can tell that the whole modern feminism is 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 something else, man. It's it's uh, it certainly isn't about liberating women it's uh anymore it doesn't feel like that is the case but i i my thing is is that and i talked to people uh, about this before like i don't i don't chime in too much on the just because i don't mm-hmm. feel like it's it's, in, it's like in my it's i don't know it's like I'm, I'm not a you know woman so i don't chime too much uh on like the whole feminism thing right. but i would most definitely tell like you know wife daughter whoever you know cousin um that uh, just to really be mindful of what these movements are really about. I mean, just because they have this front that they are trying to liberate, because it's not just with women, you know, feminism. I mean, we see this with with so many different sort of uh, movements that are supposedly about liberating the uh, minority group that they tend to be aimed at or whoever or that's their target or anything like that and that's the front but they're not doing anything like of that nature like it's not really what they they're about they're they co-op entire movements i think we saw that we see this with the whole black lives matter um deal in which they sort of hijack black struggle and they have tried to use that to package it to and now they're talking about you know feminism and stuff like that and you know, and everything else that has nothing to do with uh, essentially black struggle and right. all that. So that sort of stuff happens. And yeah, I, I, just, I just would tell them to be more so mindful because a lot of people front, a lot of movements front. They front and they're like, well, yeah, 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 yeah. this is about liberating this particular small minority group. 
And then again, it's about any, everything but that. It's not essentially what it's about. So just because they they may say that, especially in name, even more so, I guess, on feminism has been because of the word that has been used. Um, that word, you know, and this is why now people talk about like talk about it in waves, because maybe at one time it was a good thing. You know what I mean? And now it's like, what the heck is what what, what is this? So you got to be mindful of that. And, uh, you know, movements do get hijacked. You got to be mindful of that. Um, and you just need to pay attention. And that's exactly the advice that I would give them. Raylene, prepare for landing. Roger that, Johnny. Seatbelts and shoulder harnesses. Your body, your choice. Landing gear and downward expanders. NAP initiated. Anti-state superchargers. Defragged and woke. Landing lights and guest websites. Eric July, give us your dot-coms before we wrap this up. You can hit me up at backwards, B-A-C-K-W-O-R-D-Z, music.com. Got a lot of material over there and obviously at beinglibertarian.com. You can come holler at me over there, see articles and stuff like that. But if you want to see where the, the, the good stuff happens, head over to my Twitter, which is at Eric D. July. Hell yeah. Anyways, this is Johnny Rocket here with my ray of truth, the beautiful Raylene Lightheart. Please check us out at blastoffshow.com. And again, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Podcast to listen to the rest of this interview. We have the after party coming up with Eric July. So rock and roll. We'll see you next week.